Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and today we're going out of state in some ways to get some more information about COVID-19 with a physician. He's a pulmonologist named Dr. Gustavo Ferrer. He runs two Florida ICU centers. He has been working uh, many, many years in pulmonology. And as many of us have learned that the virus is often affecting people in the respiratory tracts or is spread through that. So we're going to learn a little bit more about that because there are a couple studies going on that are tied to the state of Utah that are quite interesting. So, Dr. Gustavo Ferrer, welcome to the Utah Weekly Forum. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Tell me a bit about you've been running a couple of ICUs in Florida and you've also been working in partnership with Larkin Community Hospital on some studies of ways, is it to prevent the transmission of the COVID-19 virus? Yes, that's right. So we are, we're working on, on, um, on study on a nasal spray that actually was um, originally uh, created. It is created in, in your wonderful state of Utah by a company called Clear. So Clear and I have been um, working together for quite some time. I used to work at the Cleveland Clinic and I had um, a chronic cough center. The, clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, I, at the Cleveland Clinic, I was introduced to Clear by my patients, actually. And a few years ago, we crossed paths and we've been doing some research and development together. And we are, uh, we were working together and bringing an, a nasal spray that contained an antihistamine to the market. And in that process, um, we realized, or we learned from research, that the uh, antihistamine that we were studying actually has an incredible antiviral um, activity. And we went on and tested, but when we tested, we also tested individually the nasal spray that Clear has. And we found that the nasal spray, the general Clear that is in the market, uh, was an excellent anti-COVID. And so we did those tests in vitro at Utah State University. Was it a major study with Utah State University or what were you looking at? How did you do the study? So anytime that you want to try and study uh, anything against viruses, you need to begin in the laboratory. Mm -hmm. You need to do that in vitro because we don't test people. Uh, with people, um, you know, the, any any of these medications or anything that you want to uh, try and, to prove that can kill any viruses. So the uh, Utah State Univers- University Virology Lab, um, it is very well known in the country. They 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 have the safety level to perform this initial test that has to be done, and uh, we contacted them, and and the laboratory was gracious to run the initial test for us where they mix with cells 
the compound, meaning the nasal spray, and they test how effective that could be against the virus. And, and, and they use what is called control, something that can actually kill the virus completely, and compare head-to-head during this study. So Utah State performed that study for us, and they found that the, uh, the nasal spray was able to kill 99.7% of all the, uh, the virus that was there. And we did not stop there because uh, we then uh, were contacted by University of Geneva, and, and, uh, and they asked us to redo something uh, similar. But at Geneva, they actually diluted their nasal spray further, and they found that it's actually um, excellent um, virucidal as well that, that was able to kill significant number of the virus. I mean, uh, 99.7%, similar to what we found at Utah State. And, and this is interesting as someone who's been um, immunocompromised. I have um, in the last year um, coming out of cancer treatment, I became familiar with Clear um, simply because some of the side effects of uh, receiving these kind of intensive treatments is that you um, it wipes out your white blood cells, your body is weak, you get nosebleeds, you're, you're more susceptible, right, to other infections and viruses coming to you. So you have to take uh, extra care. And somebody um, told me about that, uh, Clear and I. And I used it because I thought this is going to be very helpful for me. But I didn't realize, I thought it was more about moisturizing um, my throat or moisturizing the nasal passages, et cetera. So it sounds like the components in clear have the ability from what you're telling me, it looks like from studies, to actually kill the COVID-19 virus. That's absolutely right. But if we look back into the history of clear, the nasal spray per se, uh, this spray came about as uh, the combination of uh, saline, salty water with xylitol and other ingredients in there. And, and the main component, xylitol, it is well known in the industry of the oral, um, um, oral hygiene because they actually can reduce the bacterial load that we have in, 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 in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and then there are plenty of studies that have been proven that is really good for the nasal cavity, for rhinosinus issues, for rhinitis. And there are studies that have been done years ago when the company, when the spread came about, the company tested that in children or the inventor tested that in children with otitis media. And the components in the nasal spray were able to reduce the infection. So we, we know that the components in the nasal spray not only work as a moisturizer, just like saline or better than saline, but it can also have this added value of improving the normal flora of bacteria that we have in the nose and allowing uh, um, or the organism, our bodies, to fight those infectious diseases that come in terms of rhinitis or sinusitis and so on. So we know that something in there was um, potential for clear to, to get the, to this level. And in, uh, in their route of pursuing testing, the all antihistamine chlorphenidramine, we realized that it was important to test all the components individually, and we found that the one that we just have in the market uh, has an incredible effect on um, antiviral effect that was later corroborated by the uh, Geneva University team. Mm, which is exciting, especially for you, uh, who it works not only within the research side of uh, preventing uh, infections and viruses, but also in the treatment side of the patients as a pulmonologist. Um, for those who have just joined us, this is Dr. Gustavo, Gustavo Ferrer. 
uh, out of Florida, although he does come to Utah where he's been involved in ongoing research on a product that was actually developed by a graduate of Brigham Young University who went on to become uh, a physician. And that's clear. And it is a product you'll see at a lot of the different pharmacies um, up and down the Wasatch Front and often, you know, to moisturize different parts of your body. Uh, I, I say body, your, you know, your throat, your nose, passages. But now it's being seen as a potential tool to help fight uh, the COVID-19 virus. This is um, interesting because I think from a patient perspective or an individual perspective, Dr. Ferrer, most of us have felt a little bit um unable to know what we can do. There was a big educational campaign that when you wash your hands, the reason why you add soap is that actually helps to break up the cellular makeup of, you know, disease or bacterium and and viruses. So you got to add the soap and you got to make sure you wash your hands longer. So suddenly, you know, the country and people around the world are paying better attention to how they're washing uh, themselves and they're learning about, um, you know, the, the potential for particles um, to be expressed from one person, uh, whether it's through a cough or a sneeze or through singing or speech, for that to transmit through the air and then to be um, those encapsulated viruses or, or germs back into the body of someone who breathes that in. So uh, this has been an education for us as a public, and thus we're trying to understand the importance of mass. So to me, as an individual, as a citizen, it's been like, how do we protect ourselves? Okay, number one, you avoid groups. Number two, you keep your social distance of six feet. So hopefully you're going to be away from some of that, um, what might be floating through the air. You clean the surfaces. You wear the masks to prevent spread and to get a little bit of self-protection from others as well. But now there may be another tool. So what is the next step, Dr. Ferrer, to identify whether or not CLEAR will start to be recommended, maybe even the FDA, as one of these treatments or a preventive step for COVID-19? So I think you have summarized very well what are the things that we should do. And I usually tell my patients and um, people in interviews that the disease process, the COVID-19, if you divide it in three, you know, we have spent a lot of time, um, and I do this today. I'm an intensivist. I'm in the critical care unit. And we have spent, as a, as a healthcare industry, uh, we have spent a lot of time, energy, and money treating the 1% that gets into the intensive care unit. And we have a reasonable, reasonable amount of tools today to treat those patients. Um, the problem is that um, the the rest my uh, the rest of the people the great majority of the population that is passing on the virus between each other they are the great majority of them they are trying to do the right thing they're trying to to you know uh, keep the social distance they're trying to use masks and they they do the hand hygiene and all the surface hygiene uh, but we're not uh, containing the virus as we should so we began to do this with clear back in March. And, uh, and, you know, there, there is a growing movement um, of companies and people looking for a solution in, in nasal spread. And the reason is um, Chapel Hill, North Carolina um, State University, they published a wonderful study that they found that the majority of the replication of the virus happens in the nose. And that's the reason masks work. They do work because, they, you know, they cover the mechanical part of the spread of the virus. But we do know that it's not enough. And while we wait uh, for the vaccine that could be here, if it's really, really fast in about a year, um, we are we are bound to do something else. And there is a growing movement worldwide to pursue 
therapies intranasally. And it happens that many of the other companies that they're trying to do something with intranasal um, uh, delivery of medications or products, um, they haven't done these initial steps that we have done, and, and they don't have, you know, the presence that Clear has in the market um, today. So what we need to do next, and this is what we're doing today, we're awaiting an institutional board review, which is the ethics uh, committee of my um, Larkin Hospital that you mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, it's a teaching hospital. They are doing the analysis in, through the ethics department. And as soon as we get the approval, we're going to go and do the, the appropriate studies. We're pursuing the study uh, on people that are infected for COVID-19. We're going to do two studies. One study is going to be on prevention, and the other study is going to be on treatment. Because if we reduce the number of viruses in the nose, we're going to decrease not only the transmission, but we're going to help expedite recovery in those people that are infected. So our goal is to pursue the study in the largest number of centers possible. We have partnered with places like Honduras, El Salvador, Dominican Republic, that they will be launching the study in the next couple of weeks uh, to help us gather uh, quickly the number of patients that we need to have a really uh, good uh, value in this study. Uh, plus, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have the authorization from the ethics committee at Larkin, and uh, we're going to move forward to enrolling patients here in South Florida. And it's my goal that if any of your um, audience out there is a researcher or clinician is interested and they want to pursue it as well, they, you know, they should contact us and we'll be happy to help out. Mm, and I appreciate that for those who are outside of the research community, and that's the majority of us, right? We're unaware that when clinical trials or are um, rolled out, they are often rolled out hospital by hospital by hospital. A, a number of them uh, engaged and the physicians, you know, um, uh, partner with that and enroll or invite patients to participate so that they get a broad spectrum of individuals who um, are also a part of this ongoing research. So there's two studies that you're looking to launch uh, here as soon as you get the um, approval from the Larkin Community Hospital uh, Ethics Committee. And then right now you've got it ongoing in parts of Central America. Um, and and it's on ongoing co- current COVID-19 patients and the role that it may play in improving their recovery is that what you're that you're looking at, and then the other is the the role of the prevention, um, uh, the role that Clear can play in preventing uh, the um, what do you, what do I say contracting the virus? Correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we we also are launching uh, with some uh, European uh, groups of partnership. In, and, uh, for example, we are in the process of putting this through the preventive part in Armenia. American University of Armenia is also uh, partnering with us. So what, what we looked into it is uh, for those patients that will get uh, infected with COVID within the first few days, we want to enroll those patients in the study. And we want to provide the nasal spray. And we're going to find Follow them through. Um, the beauty of this study is that uh, Clear is a product that has been in the market for 20 years with um, um, no side effects reported, um, an excellent consumer report uh, in, in their use. And uh, so we wouldn't anticipate seeing any risk or anything like that uh, for the people that will get enrolled in this study. 
Um, what our goal is to gather the data as the protocol will mandate, which is daily data from the patients and retesting them until we will reach the number of patients that uh, would require for the study. And when it comes to the prevention, what we want to do is to enroll healthcare professionals, frontline uh, workers that uh, get exposed directly or family or people that get exposed to somebody that have been infected uh, recently. And when they, they get um, infected, there is 10, 15% probability that those people may develop infectious process. So our goal is to working with people that are doing contact tracing to allow family of people that have been in, in contact or friends to get enrolled in the prevention, use the nasal spray, and make sure that at day 14 or 21, they have not developed the infectious process. And if that is the case, then we can actually um, have excellent data that can share with the population that we're going to have another tool um, better than or equal to uh, what we use today, the mask. So our, our hope is to have add-on uh, the nasal spray um, providing good, solid solid research data that support the use daily of the nasal spray. Mm. And and you think about the, the effectiveness, the cost effectiveness, uh, that would be if, if, if it was as simple as a nasal spray to prevent the contagion, right? Of the, of the, or to, to slow and stop the pandemic. It's, that would be extraordinary. I believe it's going to be uh, fantastic. I do believe that there is a great potential for nasal spray. There is other nasal spray that have been uh, studied today, and, and I'm convinced that some of them quickly are, in, including the one that we're studying, uh, are, are prodded, uh, are going to show excellent results. And I think the shift in the focus of the research that is being conducted today across the country and in the planet uh, will soon be more in terms of intranasal delivery and lowering the vital load in there. And the reason is, yes, uh, we all have great hopes for the vaccine, but we're not only one year away from having the vaccine um, applied to the majority of the population, but we're also years away of seeing if it truly has an impact in the virus. And from here to there, um, we all know that unfortunately, uh, we're going to have this virus circulating between us. So there is there is an opportunity to help, and probably this is the time that intranasal delivery therapies should be um, raised into the forefront of research. Mm. For those who have just joined us, we have just a couple of minutes left with Dr. Gustavo Ferrer. He runs two Florida ICU units and uh, is working on ongoing research on the effectiveness of nasal sprays in killing COVID-19. And there has been some preliminary studies that are very, very promising, showing, yes, it has worked. And in particular, the nasal spray Clear, which is manufactured in American Fork. And and so Dr. Gustavo Ferrer, although he is in Florida, is back and forth working. Some of the research that has been ongoing in the labs have been at Utah State uh, University. We have just a couple of minutes left. As a pulmonologist who has spent so many of his years treating people who, who have a, struggles with breathing and issues, one of the things that's so scary about people getting yeah. COVID-19 is that the difficulty they have so now that you see these preliminary studies, are you already recommending that they use nasal sprays like Clear? So, you know, um, this is something that is really close to my heart. I've been doing this for 25 years and it's the passion of my life. 
And, uh, and there is nothing worse to see somebody having shortness of breath. Um, you can have pain and you can have chest pain, and we have powerful medications that can mitigate pain. But being short of breath, it's, uh, it's, it's incomprehensible, and it's, and it's really hard for the person and for the people seeing anybody short of breath. So we, we see this every day, and uh, it is something that we are um, very conscious of, of what's going on. Uh, when we see the large number of COVID patients uh, that we see in our ICUs today in the hospital, people calling. Um, I, I wish I could go ahead and say, you know, safely go ahead and use it. Uh, but because we're bound to the regulatory system of the country today, um, we cannot say um, go ahead and use the nasal spray freely uh, until the, uh, the research comes out and prove uh, the point that we want attempting to prove in a really well uh, structured, randomized, meaning randomized, meaning that we're campaigning the, the study to doing nothing and using the nasal spray. So until we have that data, we, we cannot uh, safely, um, as a provider said, uh, go ahead and use it for this. However, the nasal spray is freely available in the market, and anybody that is listening uh, can access that, and they can, um, you know, keep their eye open for the upcoming results of the research that we're conducting and probably um, the possibility of having uh, themselves getting enrolled if unfortunately they have a family or friend um, that that tests positive for, for the virus. And, and as we um, wrap up our time, and I appreciate so much not only your efforts and ongoing research in the care that you provide patients in Florida uh, and across the country in, in your history, if someone wants to be involved in this study, in the clinical study, and I myself am involved in two different clinical studies in my care because I want to advance uh, research. I want to make sure that other people uh, can learn from my my body's experience. How can someone um, participate if they'd like to in either the randomized study or the clinical study? Excellent question. They can reach out to my office number is 954-482-4747, 954-482-4747. My team and I will guide in and in how they're going to be able to get enrolled in the trial. We will post this in our social media channel, and I believe that they can also reach out to Clear, uh, the company in up in in uh, in, uh, in Utah, and, and I'm convinced that they will also guide in where they're going to be able to get enrolled and participate in this study. Wonderful. Dr. Gustavo Ferrer, last name spelled F E R R. E-R, what social media account would we go to to go find uh, the progress of the study? The progress of the studies are being posted daily and regularly in my Facebook account predominantly. We also do our Twitter account, but my Facebook is pretty simple. It's going to be www.gustavo, G-U-S-T-A-V-O, F-E-R-R-E-R, Ferrer.com. Very nice and simple. Thank you, Dr. Gustavo Ferrer, for taking time with us and sharing this ongoing research. Very exciting to think that something that's been developed with involvement from Utah State University and the local company Clear uh, could make a difference, a significant difference in the fight against COVID-19. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Thank you for having me.